The instant you were conceived, God put a gift inside of every one of you. The second you were conceived, God placed something inside of each and every one of us that he knew we would need to be able to make it in this world. You want to know what that was? What he put inside of you the second you were conceived is something called the joy of the Lord. It was there from the very beginning. When you were born, the joy was already there. One of the very first expressions a baby makes is of of laughter. He smiles and makes everybody around him smile. My wife and I are experiencing the joy of our third grandchild. He's only six months old. And he makes us smile. You know... You know why God put joy inside of you? He knew we would need joy to make it through this life. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's going to help you walk through life. Now, the devil knew that too. And that's why he does everything he can to steal your joy from you. He doesn't want you being joyful. He doesn't want you being happy. Somewhere along the way, somebody kicked the joy out of you. Maybe somebody did something to you. Maybe someone hurt you. The devil is always looking for ways to take your joy from you because he doesn't want you happy. He's not happy that you're here this morning at Inspire Church. He's not happy that you're seeking God. He's trying to figure out how to steal your joy from you. He knows the power of joy. And today I'm going to talk to you about how to keep your joy. There are so many benefits to joy. You see, when God put joy inside of us, he knew that it would be healthy for us. Joy literally is healthy. In fact, the medical world says that if you laugh one of those deep belly laughs, you know, way down in the depths of your spirit. See, right about in here is where we have our spirit. That's why some of us are more spiritual than others of us, right, bro? Amen. (laughs) You see, when you laugh, your body releases something they call endorphins. And they say endorphins is kind of like a natural medicine. It makes you feel better. It makes you feel optimistic. It takes away pain. It's literally God's painkiller. Some of you need to stop taking so much Tylenol and just laugh a little while. (laughs) You know, God is so serious about you laughing that in every family, every family, he's placed at least one comedian. Every family has at least one. That uncle, that aunt, that cousin. Now, if you can't think of the comedian in your family, that's because you're the comedian in the family. Instead of shutting that boy or girl up, give them a microphone. Put them on a little stage. Have them tell you jokes because you need the joy of the Lord. Somebody's going to laugh today. 
for the first time in a long time. Somebody's going to walk out of here happy today for the first time in a long time. You see, God invented joy. God invented laughter. God invented jokes. What'd you say, pastor? I said, God invented jokes. A great joke that'll make you laugh. In fact, I got the bishop's permission to tell jokes this morning. I'm going to tell you a joke right now. Are you ready? For some of you, it'd be first time you ever heard a joke in church, maybe. Well, there was this pastor down in Chihuahua, Mexico. <laughs> and he started his messages every Sunday by drinking a big glass of milk, cold milk. And he'd put it down, he'd open his Bible, and he'd start to preach. Now, this was his ritual every Sunday. It was such a serious part of his ritual that there was a sister, an hermanita, It was her job. She was called the sister of the ministry of milk. And every Sunday, she took very seriously her position in the church. And she'd fill up his glass. She'd bring it. She'd set it up onto a little table. He'd come out. He'd drink that big glass of milk and then open the Bible and start preaching. One Sunday, one of those young people that are in every church everywhere in the world got an idea to play a trick. On the pastor. And without the sister of the ministry of milk realizing it, before she knew what was going on, they put a whole bunch of tequila in that pastor's milk. And they mixed it up. Now they tell me the tequila, when you mix it in the milk, you can't see it because it's clear. That's what they tell me. I don't know. That's not first-hand knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. I just, I'm telling a joke. Everybody relax. It's a joke. They mixed it up. The, the sister of the ministry of milk came out and she put it like completely innocent. That pastor came like he did every Sunday morning. He grabbed his glass of milk and he started drinking. And he drank and he drank and he drank till the very end. And when he finished, he went, Hallelujah. And then he said this, God bless the cow that gave that milk. Come on and laugh a little minute. (laughs) See, joy gives you strength. Joy gives you hope. Joy gives you rest. The devil's always looking for ways to steal your joy. He'll steal your joy by opening up the news and seeing what's going on in the news. Boy, your joy could go out real fast if you only watch the news. He he can use people. Somebody will look at you and go, you were in that to church? And there went your joy right out. He can use the Instagram. You open up and somebody's posting something that stole your joy. There's so many ways. The devil's smart about How to steal joy. You can lose your joy on the freeways of Houston. Man, the other day I was driving along, minding my own business. And the person behind me, I don't know what I did. He's honking and honking. I thought maybe he'd recognize me because I am Marco's wit, you know. (laughs) 
I thought, well, maybe the guy recognized honking, but I realized fast that he wasn't, didn't recognize me because he, he passed me on the right-hand side of my car and he waved at me with one finger. Now, <laughs> I've never been waved like that before. And he went on. Now, if you would let it, that could steal your joy. I just bless, bless you. Bless you. I was going to say brother. Maybe he was a brother. I don't know. Sometimes he'll steal the joy. You go to a Walmart sometimes or, or a Target. Have any of you been to a Target where there's 35 cash registers and only two of them are open? Has that happened to anybody? There went your joy. <laughs> I know people who come to church, get saved, get filled up with the spirit, get joyful, and then they lose it just right out in the parking lot with the parking jam. You leave in church and you lost your joy. The devil's always trying to steal your joy. So I'm here to help you. I'm going to give you three ways to keep your joy. Are you ready? How many ways am I going to give you? Just three. Just three. Then y'all can go fight it out in the parking lot. Ready? Here we go. Number one, you're going to want to write these down because tomorrow you're going to remember this. You know, what was it Pastor Marco said? And you're going to have it written down. So number one, remember where God has brought you from. Oh, somebody get happy. Write it down. Write it down before you get too happy. Write it down first and shout. Ready? Remember where God has brought you from. Psalms 103 verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name and forget not. Everybody say with me these two words. Forget not. Don't forget all of his blessings. Don't forget all of his goodness. Do you remember where you used to live? Do you remember the little town you came from? Do you remember the situation God took you out of? I'm telling you, I'm looking at people in here this morning and I see overcomers. I see victors. I see people who've been taken out of terrible situations. In fact, some of you, if we were to know your testimony, you're a walking, talking miracle because some of you, some of you would probably be in jail today if it hadn't been for Jesus. Christ. Some of you would probably be dead today if it hadn't been for Jesus Christ. He took you out of the miry clay. He put your feet on a rock to stay. Somebody give him glory this morning. I'm looking at people who've been blessed and favored. The joy of the Lord comes back when you remember where he's brought you from. All you got to do is a little bit of remembering. Sitting around a table. Hey, kids, let me tell you about how God took us out of poverty. Let me tell you how God gave us the little house we have right now. Let me tell you about the time the baby was sick and somehow God provided just in time. Let me tell you about my grandpa who preached Jesus everywhere he went. When you remember, the joy starts coming back. Some of you need to remember this morning. Some of you need to remember where you were. I grew up in a little town in the state of Durango in Mexico. 
My best friends were people who lived in Adobe thatch, Adobe huts, thatched roof, and, and no floor. It was just the dirt. And, and, and my parents, since they were missionaries, they gave everything they had to building churches and preaching the gospel in these little towns and villages. So when my mom and dad would buy a new pair of jeans, it always went to my older brother. I was the, first, I was the second one of three boys. So when he, when, he, when he grew out of those jeans, he would pass them on to me. That's what people call hand-me-downs. Mm-hmm. And then when, it, when I would wear, when I would grow out of it, I'd pass it on to my younger brother. And the older brother always got the new pair of jeans. Well, one day something really sad happened. My younger brother got taller than me. Guess what that meant? The jeans went from my older brother to the younger brother. And by the time they got to me, they were full of holes. They were threadbare. Now, that was back in the time when mamas would not let their kids leave the house with holes in their jeans. So my mama would go down and she'd buy patches. I'm hearing some laughter. That's your testimony too. You would iron these patches on. Now she would buy brown leather patches, Bishop. Big patches. What color is a blue jean? Or blue? No, she'd put on the brown patches. There's no way to hide these things. They'd start about right here above the knee, go all the way down. She would put one on this knee, one on this knee, one back here, and one back here. There was no way to hide it. I got made fun of. I'd walk around trying to hide my patches. People would laugh at me, but that was what it was. And I look at myself today. <laughs> and I think about where I've come from. Hmm. And I look at all of God's blessings in my life. And all I have to say is that he's a good God. He's a good God. He's a merciful God. I've experienced blessings I could have never thought of. These shoes I'm wearing, they were a gift from a good friend. I'm walking around in shoes given to me by friends. I don't wear patches anymore. Unless I plain want to. Thank you very much. I see young people today walking around with holes in their jeans. You can go to the mall and buy a brand new pair of jeans with the holes already in them. And I'm like, I think I've hit on a nerve here. I'm telling you right now, I see people walking around with holes in their jeans and I ask myself, how come that couldn't have been the style when I was 10 years old? Oh, but I have nothing to be complaining about because God's been more than good to me. God has fed me with tortillas. God has fed me with beans. God's fed me with rice. God's fed me with bread in abundance. I'm looking around here and I don't see anybody dying of hunger up in here. Say amen, my brother, right down here on the front row. I'm seeing some beautiful people, overcomers, more than conquerors. Washed in the blood of Jesus. Somebody get happy for a minute. Just take a minute and say, thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus, for where you've brought me from. Thank you that you took me out of that terrible situation. Thank you, Jesus. Number two. How many did I tell you I was going to give you? Here's number two. Remember where he's taking you. Remember where he's taking you. You see, the joy will come back when you remember that you have a future and a hope. Like the prophet Jeremiah says, you have a future and a hope. The place you are at right now is not where you're going to stay. God's got a better place for you. The situation you're in right now isn't forever. It's going to pass in Jesus' name because God's taking us. There's that song, from glory to glory, God's taking us. He's taking us through the valleys. He's taking us through the shadow. He's taking us through the shadow of death. He's going to take you to a place of victory. Where you're standing right now isn't your final place. You have a home in heaven. This world is not my home. I have a heavenly home I'm headed to. Woo! And see, when you start thinking about that, your joy comes back. If you just start looking at your circumstances and looking at at your situation and you don't put your eyes on your heavenly home, the enemy's going to take your joy from you. We get so caught up. Look and see what the Kardashians are wearing today. Want to see what so-and-so ate, where so-and-so went, who so-and-so was with. And we're here swiping and swiping and looking and looking. And the apostle Paul says, get your eyes off of the earthly things. Put your things on heavenly things. And the joy of the Lord's going to come back. I said, the joy of the Lord's going to come back. Man, if you don't like the house you're living in, don't worry about it. Because you've got a heavenly home God's building you. If you don't like the neighborhood you're living in, don't worry so much about it. Because you're going to live in a holy neighborhood. Jesus Christ himself will be your neighbor. If you don't like the streets you're driving on, don't worry so much about it. Because you're going to drive on streets of gold. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, folks, we've got a heavenly mansion waiting on us. So this is the first time I've preached since I got COVID. I've done pretty good, I think. Come on, help me out a little bit. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, that reminded me of a joke. I'm going to tell you another. Ooh, pastor, two jokes and one message. You bet I could probably do about four. I'm going to tell you this joke. Pastor and taxi driver, they die and went to heaven the same day. The apostle Peter gives him the tour of heaven like he does in all the jokes. <laughs> when it came time to take him to their heavenly home, he took the pastor to this nice little house. Three bedrooms, two bathrooms, had a little, little yard in the back, two car garage, little yard out front. And it was on praise the Lord Avenue. Nice, modest. 
But when he took the taxi driver to his place, it was this massive mansion. It had columns out front made out of marble, 10 bedrooms, 12 bathrooms. It had a swimming pool in the back, four car garage. There were fountains in the front yard, palm trees, flamingos were walking around on the front lawn and it was on Hallelujah Boulevard. A pastor looked at his little house and looked at that big mansion. He comes up to Peter and says, Peter, now, th- th- this isn't a complaint. It's just clarification. I'm happy to be in heaven. I'm just wondering, why is it I spent 40 years preaching? And even though my house is nice and I'm happy to be in heaven, look at the, the mansion, the, the taxi driver. I just, I'm just wondering how that happened. And Peter said, oh, pastor, that's easy. What happened was when you would preach, people would fall asleep. But when that taxi driver drove, people would call out to God with all their might. Come on and laugh a little bit. That's just a good joke right there, isn't it? Number three. Now, number three is worth the ticket. Worship him. In spite of your circumstances. Oh, somebody's going to get it this morning. Mm. Worship him. In spite of your situation. In spite of what you're going through, he deserves the worship. I don't worship God because he's good to me. I'm glad he's good to me. I don't worship God as some sort of payment for him to be good for me, to me. No, I worship God because he's worthy to be praised. I worship God because he's God. I worship God because it's my pleasure to worship God. I worship God because he's almighty. He's everlasting. He's all knowing. He's omnipotent. I worship God because of who he is. I worship God as a decision. I made a decision when I was 17 years old. I'm 59 today. So that's been a few years since I made that decision. I decided when I was 17 years old that I would worship God no matter how I was feeling or no matter what I was going through because I worship God based on the fact that he is God, he is worthy, he's almighty. I worshiped him as a decision, not as a feeling. You see, so many people, if you would just worship him in the middle of your circumstance, the joy of the Lord would come back to you. Because when you worship God, no matter what, that's an act of faith. And faith moves the hand of God in your favor. You can be standing there saying, God, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why my family's going through this. I don't know why they're saying those things about me. I don't know why the enemy is attacking me so much. But I do know this. You're worthy to be praised. And I will praise you because you're worthy. I will worship you because you're worthy. I will worship you because of who you are. And when you start praising God, he looks down and his hand will move in your favor. In fact, I'm declaring in Jesus' name that while you've been in here this morning, Worshiping, he's been out there working. While you've been in here worshiping, he's been out there warfaring. While you're in here worshiping, the tide of the battle is turned in your favor. If you can believe it, shout amen. 
Amen. I believe that with all my heart. So many people say, well, pastor, I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it. You know how many things I have to do that I don't feel like. And you do too. I don't feel like paying my light bill. I don't feel like paying my fast Apple slow Android. Where's the brother that said that? Bless you anyway, brother. I don't feel like paying myself. I don't feel like a lot of things, but I do them because I know they bring benefits and because they're responsibilities. I don't feel like worshiping God sometimes, but I don't worship him based on my feelings. I worship him based on who he is, not who I am. And if you'll do that, the joy will come back. I'll guarantee it. I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. The joy will come back. Now see, at the first, you're going to be like, okay, Okay, God, Pastor Marco said, I worship you. Thank you, Jesus. You wouldn't come coming after me. That's probably the way you'll start. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. And the more you do it, the easier it's going to get. The more you do it, the louder it's going to get. The more you do it, the more excited you're going to become. I don't know if there's somebody in here who would jump to their feet right now and just start lifting your voice, lifting your clapping, lifting your shouting, lifting the name of Jesus. Come on, I can't hear you all. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Man, that's good preaching. I preached myself happy today. Thank you, Jesus. So based on the knowledge, not on the feeling, based on the knowledge that he's worthy of your praise, lift a hand as a decision not a feeling feelings will follow decisions Mm, that's good that'll tweet feelings will follow decisions you decide that your feelings are going to align don't follow your feelings follow your decisions now just start quietly saying my life you have been faithful. All my life you have 
volume up a little bit louder come on What a great word from God. Would you lift your hands and say, thank you. That was just what I needed, Lord. I have been refreshed. I've been to the well. I have drawn strength. My joy is increased this morning. Amen. We're going to have Marcos come back in just a moment. But as is our custom here. We always like to sow into the ministry that God sends us after we have been ministered to. So we can actually sow into that word or whatever it is that God has given us. So the ushers are passing through the audience right now. And they're going to give you an opportunity to give if you need an envelope. Please raise your hand. They'll see you get one. We actually have five ways to give. And so you can give in a number of other ways as well. You see them on the screen behind me and on the side screens also. And I want us to sow into this word. If you're wondering why we do it like like this, it's a biblical principle. So many times God would show up and he would speak to someone and then they would offer a sacrifice to God. They didn't offer the sacrifice to make God show up. They sowed into the word that God gave them. And in doing so, they created room for that word to take root in their heart and grow and come to maturation. And so I want you to sow generously into the ministry today. What an incredible gift Marcus Witt is to the body of Christ. Have you enjoyed this word today? Can I hear an amen? How many of you would like for him to come back and be with us again? He has blessed us. Father, I thank you today for the opportunity to sow into the ministry of this great man of God, into the word that he has brought to us that we will keep with us now for the rest of our lives. And we do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Marcos is going to come back and pray. 
If you're here and you need Christ, don't leave without giving your heart to Him. If you need a miracle, you need deliverance, you will have an opportunity. You need a breakthrough. God's going to give you a chance to get all of that done. And now that your joy is complete, amen, you have an opportunity to receive exactly what God wants you to have. Marcos, if you would come, please. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. I was just sensing the Holy Spirit tell me to pray for people who might be going through sickness or a sickness in your family. If you're dealing with sickness, just lift a hand in faith. And Father, I just ask you to meet every one of these people in their place of faith. Now, we declare healing. Father, your word says that by your stripes we were healed. And we just lay hold of that healing for our brothers, our sisters, our family, and the Lord. In Jesus' name, and watch over every one of these situations. In Jesus' name. I'm wondering if somebody in here is needing a job. The Holy Spirit is just directing me to pray for somebody who needs a job. Just lift a hand in faith, and we're going to believe with you right now for a job. Father, open doors that the interviews will go well, that the opportunities will go well, that they'll get a better job than they've ever had in their whole life, that the favor of the Lord will go before them, that go behind them, go on every side of them. Lord, we just believe for increase. We believe for, for bonuses. Now, those of you who already have jobs, the Holy Spirit's just asking me to pray over you that God's going to give you raises and He's going to give you bonuses. He's going to give you increase in Jesus' name. Now, the Lord's put a real special burden on my heart for years for widows and orphans. You know, the Bible talks very clearly about taking care of the widows and the orphans. Is there a widow or an orphan in your life? Raise a hand. Are you a widow? Are you an orphan? God takes special care of you. Father, look at these hands. I ask right now that your comfort will come to the widows. That the ravens will fly to their place of residence and minister to their needs. There's there's bread from heaven that's going to come for for you. You're not even going to realize where it came from. It's just going to come from heaven. (laughs) You will never lack. You will never lack. The Lord has his eye on you. And if he takes care of the sparrows, he's going to take care of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Bishop.